every time we sit down with somebody, the, the camera shuts down after the interview and they'll turn to us and they'll say, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to share my story. We knew the value of you know, having the videos for the community, but they were thanking us for the opportunity just to share their story. That's really powerful. And that will give you an unending amount of energy knowing that you're able to help all those people. You're listening to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And my guest today is Zach Jordan, co-founder of the My Alzheimer's Story Project. He's on a mission to raise awareness and provide support for those affected by Alzheimer's through video and story. So let's dive in. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome back to episode 82 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. And in this episode, we'll be mixing things up a bit as we explore the power of video not to grow a business, but rather to raise awareness and provide support around an issue. My guest today is Zach Jordan from Los Angeles-based content studio, Joe Digital. He's an award-winning producer and storyteller and has created digital content for hit TV shows like American Idol and brands such as Microsoft, Vivo and WebMD. But it's his latest project, which comes from a very personal place that really interested me and why I wanted to bring him on the show for you today. You see, Zach, along with his co-founder, are on a mission to make a difference in the world of Alzheimer's and they're using video and storytelling to do just that. Through the My Alzheimer's Story Project, they're on a mission to collect 10,000 video stories and create the world's largest collection of Alzheimer's stories on video. But as you'll hear in today's interview, this is only the beginning. So without further ado, let's jump on in and learn more in my interview with Zach Jordan from My Alzheimer's Story Project. Zach Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so um, in your introduction there, I introduced our listeners to a bit of a bit of you and a bit of your backstory. But I'd love to hear hear from you. What, what's your story? What got you into the world of video, and particularly the work you're doing now around Alzheimer's awareness? Sure. Well, I started in the Bay Area, that's San Francisco, California, around 1998, 99. That's when the first dot com wave was happening. And uh, I was a a filmmaker by training from film school, but then that's how I got into tech. And I got involved in a few startups, um, one of which was the first iteration of a uh, YouTube-like technology when video screens were very, very small online and uh, we didn't have high-speed internet. Um, And then after the, the bottom fell out of that, I moved down to Los Angeles. I worked as a cameraman, did a lot of red carpet shoots, uh, did a lot of live theater shows, and then uh, worked as a cameraman, the, the TV show Deadliest Catch. And then at that point, I joined up uh, a company out of the UK, uh, started Video Jug America, and it was the first video encyclopedia of life. So everything that happens to you from January 1 to December 31st, the good and the bad, I was the, the, the VP of BizDev 
and uh, one of the lead producers, and we created about 80,000 pieces of content. And then uh, I met my, my business partner, Peter Shankwitz there. Uh, he was a TV guy, worked on um, America's Funniest Home Videos and the Magic Johnson Show. And so he and I looked at each other and said, you know what, there's something really interesting and exciting happening in the world of digital and storytelling. Um, and this was about 2008, 2009. And, and uh, so we formed Joe Digital uh, with the idea that story lives everywhere and you really have to embrace the storytelling and content along with distribution. And so one of our first clients was Microsoft and we consulted with them, created some award-winning short series uh, with them. And then we went on to work on uh, American Idol and did uh, all of the digital content around the show, a bunch of series, a 90-minute uh, live broadcast for the, for the show's finale. Um, and a Ryan Seacrest backstage tour and all the interactive social content uh, that was served up on the app. And then did some work on uh, NBC's The Voice, uh, doing some similar stuff and um, a few other clients sprinkled in. And then around 2013, 2014, um, uh, after my father had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, uh, my partner and I decided we were going to create a documentary about this because we realized that you know, there's such a stigma around Alzheimer's. And part of the reason why there was a lack of funding um, was because there was such a stigma. So given our storytelling background and chops, we decided let's put together a documentary that, that really tells my story. And that ultimately became the cornerstone for the My Alzheimer's Story Project. And to, to put it simply, we're setting out to build the world's largest collection of Alzheimer's stories on video. Yeah, no small undertaking, I'm sure. Um, so just take us back to that documentary project. And I think for many, many documentary projects, it does come from a place of, a place of passion and, and personal drive to tell a story that needs to be told. Um, can you just talk us through the story of getting that, that into, into being and, and where did that documentary go as a, as a foundation for where you're going now? Absolutely. Well, it's a good question. And it's, there are, if you talk to a hundred filmmakers, obviously you're going to get a hundred different uh, answers in terms of how the story came about. And ours is no different. Do the world of documentary filmmaking uh, is, is really, really changed a lot, uh, certainly in the last uh, 10 years. And um, I, I would say the hardest part of today, probably about getting, making a documentary is actually finding a home for it once it's done. But to answer your question, the way that we started was taking interviews from different family members and friends uh, and experts, and then sort of building out this story. And as you probably know, any documentary, it's it's a lot like sculpting. You're you're taking all of this footage and all of those bits and stories, and you're slowly shaping it down. So what started out as twelve or thirteen hours, and we went and down to the final is, is 74 minutes and it involves shooting we we climbed Kilimanjaro twice once I got altitude sickness and had to turn around um, but we shot in Africa and Costa Rica and Michigan uh, where I'm from uh, so it really was you know going all over the world and and then shooting and when we finally uh, finished after many years uh, we put it on Amazon so it's available on Amazon Prime um, both in the United States as well as the, the UK. And then right now we're also putting together screenings that, that are, that are part of the Alzheimer's story uh, experience. 
and uh, shout out the title just in case uh, listeners are out there interested in checking it out on Amazon. Yeah, thank you. It's called Carpe Kilimanjaro and Alzheimer's Story. Excellent. What I'd love to do, Zach, is explore with you. I think, I think listeners to this podcast and, and you and I will understand the power of video in order to communicate a story and to move people to take action. I think where this can often be uh, attempted and not necessarily be effective is in moving people to take action around a cause or to raise awareness for, for an issue like this. Um, so I'm interested to hear from you, uh, you know, where you see video working and where you see it potentially uh, ability for it to fail when it comes to achieving the goal of raising awareness of a big issue like Alzheimer's? Sure. Well, first of all, it's a great question. And, and it's one that uh, probably many have banged their head against the wall trying to trying to suss out. And and like anything today, it's we, we, we may go down a path and then we find out a couple hours later, we have to go down an, another path. And I think video and trying to figure out engagement and the impact of story and story structure um, with respect to everything that you were talking about there is it, it, it's constantly evolving. I think when you take in, into consideration a, a, a disease as prevalent and an issue as large as, as Alzheimer's, you really have to winnow it down to what is the, what is the core story of the, of the individuals. And because you're dealing with a very sensitive issue, you know, what really resonates with people the most, um, you know, are the, are the individual stories. I think the part of it, it was, was sort of being able to cut through using story, cut through the assumptions. You know, one of those assumptions being, well, Alzheimer's is an old person's disease and it's not. And the way that we cut through that assumption with, with video and story is we have teenagers and we have a lot of 80 year olds and we have a lot of people in between all talking about this, this issue. So now through the power of video and through the power of story, we've been able to show people exactly what it is and, and what it isn't. And I think that's where, um, regardless of the issue, that's where video and that's where story uh, is, is really powerful. Um, I think on the downside of it, um, you know, this, the social media landscape is really fractured. So it's difficult regardless of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of what type of content you're putting out there, it's very difficult to, to grab hold of people, right. To, to create, um, engagement. And I think, you know, certainly causes are, are no different. And I would say to go one step further, um, you know, with, with causes, you're also competing with a lot of the larger organizations yes. for attention, for funding. And so, for example, if a large organization sees you out there trying to, you know, pick up the torch and also work, even though you all have the same mission, uh, they can't help but, but, but see that as, as being competitive. And so naturally, if you're, if it's a David and Goliath, you, you, you don't really have the, the bandwidth or the, the marketing budget that they would. So you've got to really rely on story. And I think one of the things that's, that's, we've seen shape over the years, um, you know, there's an amazing project called the Humans of New York Project and the amount of uh, money that they've raised for multiple different projects as a result of, you know, GoFundMe projects where they've used the power of individual stories. And in that David and Goliath, you know, battle, the, you know, that, that really powerful story, 
you know, wins out. And rather than having this giant foundation behind you um, with a giant marketing budget, you, you know, you're essentially able today to go out, create a compelling story and move people to act. And I think that's, that's really powerful. And that's a way to, to sort of cut through that, that, that fractured landscape. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. The idea of creating and crafting a compelling story that moves people to take action and then, you know, contrasting that with the challenge of reaching the right people in a noisy digital landscape, you know, and I think um, that's, that's potentially the, the, the place where many uh, projects like this can struggle. So when you, when you consider that and the idea of it's one thing to craft great stories using video, um, and to find great stories. Um, so how, how are you attempting to combat that, that distribution element that, that getting it out there to the right people and so that they actually engage with it? What's your strategy there? The strategy, if, if, if I could winnow it down to, a um, a very terse statement, I would say, you know, you have to project, not protect. And by that, I mean, you have to get the messaging out and you have to not only the messaging and the story itself, but, but what you're actually doing, um, and, and be very laser focused about your mission for us, it's build the world's largest collection of Alzheimer's stories. And those stories really service two two groups of people, the human wisdom part services, the Alzheimer's community and shows them the good, the bad, and the ugly, the disease, while the back end of all that story and those biometrics support the scientific community. So for us, the distribution is about how do we, you know, service all those masters and hopefully that helps push along um, our project. So we're out there putting the content out there and the stories in front of the people who need them. We're also going to the larger organizations and building out strategic partnerships. For example, in our case, uh, we, we've partnered with the Penn Memory Center at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, for a for a road trip initiative that we're going to do in June, so the stories that we're collecting, which which will amount to thousands of videos over the course of fifteen days, those will live on our site and those will service the family members and advocates. But then all that information that we'll be collecting is really valuable to the scientific community. So it's really trying to be strategic. Um, there's also, uh, I would say, a lot of asymmetrical. Uh, warfare, if you will, and trying to figure out how do we, how do you navigate this space and, and what kind of alliances can you, can you put together? Because you always have to be thinking well ahead as, as, as you know all too well, before you even think about putting content together, you have to have a really solid idea of where it's going to go, who's going to consume it, how is it going to be paid for, and then how are you going to track it to show results for all the stakeholders who may or may not be involved in the project. And so yeah. those are all things that we didn't have to do a few years ago, but now there's the accountability, right? The, the metrics and the analytics, which, you know, we all have a love hate relationship and, and it is a, a, a balance, an art between the art and science of, of the two. But I think those are all the factors that, that, that are really necessary to consider um, before you even embark on, on the road of creating anything. Yeah. I just want to dive into something that you mentioned there. Cause I'm, I'm really interested in that aspect of, uh, the, I guess the, the, 
scientific data that your stories will will enable for researchers and for the scientists looking into into the issue of Alzheimer's. So, how it, can you just further elaborate for me on the the value that your story project will provide to the science? Sure. So, for example, if I did an interview with you, Ben, and we sat you down in front of a camera, and I ask you, what's the most important thing in your life? Or if you had one really big aspiration, what would it be? And hopefully, you as a human being sitting in front of me, and we're having this conversation, there would be certain reactions that happen, either facially or you know, gestures with your hands. Um, maybe there's some eye movement. Um, Today, we can track all of that. And all yeah. of that is a layer of information, a layer, a, a biometric layer of information that becomes valuable to the scientific community. So in our case, you know, we have all of this uh, content where we're featuring people who are talking very frankly, and some of them are patients, some of them are, are family members, some of them are doctors. And so now we have the technology that, that exists where we could analyze the video content and pull uh, certain data points from all that. So in our case, we have a volume of, of information from a lot of different videos. And from there, people much smarter than I'll ever be could take those you know, data points and, and put them together. And that is just one example of how that could equip the scientific community um, with you know, the information from, from a from a video, which obviously is helpful to the community, but that takes it to, to a whole new level. And then of course, you know, you get into artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and things of that nature. And then that's when it really starts to get exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so fascinating to me because until this conversation right now, I'd never really considered the, the value in, in documenting and telling human stories around, you know, a common set of circumstances such as, you know, Alzheimer's and, um, and using that as a data set for science. That's, that's really interesting. And, um, and I think, you know, what you mentioned there, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I think that's, that is even more exciting. The idea that this, this data that you're collecting and, um, yeah, thinking of it as data, not just as as video content, as stories, is really is really an interesting thing. I think moving forward and an interesting space to watch. Um, really exciting. But one thing that does jump out at me is the importance of any scientific data to have a large set of data to work with. So that's your goal, right? You're you're aiming to to tell a lot of stories here. That's right. Right. So we've got, I think, close to 50 million people worldwide who, who are afflicted and the numbers keep keep going up. Um, and even if we were to solve the, the Alzheimer's global crisis tomorrow, you still have this enormous population that is dealing with, you know, the caregiving side of it. So, so certainly there, there is a, an endless pool of people um, and an endless opportunity to tell story. Um, and I think from there, you could, you could derive so many different avenues of, of research because, you know, what we're doing in Alzheimer's, and we, we talk about this being the modern Alzheimer's experience on video, you see a lot of these other threads, you know, such as dealing with aging and dealing with healthcare and dealing with retirement. They mean, those things mean very, you know, they, they take on different meanings today than they did 10 years ago. People are living longer. The idea of retirement is different. 
Um, so you get into mindfulness and you get into mental health, you get into all these other, you know, important facets. So one of the exciting things here too, is not really knowing exactly where we'll go or how far we'll be able to go, you know, from the stories themselves, from the information we'll get from the stories. And then hopefully how story will go on to service science, both in the data sense, but also I think in terms of you know, just our general support of institutions. I think, you know, you know, scientists aren't known for, um, you know, they, they, they could use a little help from, from Hollywood storytelling, right? They're, they're not, they're not, um, you know, they're not known for, for, for being out in front of the camera and, and for, um, you know, the, uh, I think being steeped in, in the storytelling and movie magic world that, that we are. So, any help that we can give them. And now there's the ability through technology um, to, to do that. So for those reasons, that's why we kind of geek out on this. It's obviously a very personal thing, but I think we're just, we're also at a very interesting time in terms of, you know, technology where we have these tools. And that's why I would just say to, to listeners, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about what type of project to really dig into um, you know, these are all the, the, the possibilities that are out there today. So it's important to kind of sit back and, and figure out what really, what are those key drivers for you? Because there are, there are really some interesting ways to utilize storytelling skills and content marketing, um, and, and really turn those into, you know, interesting forms of engagement rather than trying to get hung up on, well, I need to have this app and I need, I know I need to have this certain dashboard all dialed in. You know, sit back and think about what what it is you're you're actually trying to do, and what story you're trying to tell, and let that you know sort of drive your mission. And then I think you know your audience will also, in the long run, thank you for it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, from sure, for many people listening, they probably have uh, you know thought about using their storytelling skills, and perhaps if they have them, their video skills to to tell stories they're passionate about. But, um, you know, I guess to play, devil, to play devil's advocate here, you can, a passion project can only take you so far, right? And you did touch on this before around, you know, um, around funding and support, but I'd love to learn from you further about that journey of taking something that was originally a passion, something that you felt you needed to do and a story you needed to tell. How does that become a, a viable opportunity to continue when, you know, it, it does cost money. It does uh, require resources to, to do this sort of project at the scale that you're undertaking. Absolutely correct. Um, so there, there, there are really two ways um, that I would respond to that. The first is, you know, we were, my, my business partner and I were running Joe Digital. So we had uh, other clients and business that was helping to fuel the passion project. And then at a certain point, the passion project consumed us. And so where we decided to make that shift, you now are going full bore into the the passion project. Then we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to approach this? And, And the first question is what or who are the are the biggest partners that make sense? And then so you make this giant list of who who, who is out there that could potentially be an ally, either in the form of writing us a big check, or if they were to come on board with us, they would give us the street cred where we could go out and, and seek funding um, from somewhere else. 
And then I would also say that it's not, it usually isn't about, you know, that one big check or that one big partner. It's an iterative process and you, you, you have to work these types of projects in stages. And, and so it's a lot of experiment, uh, you know, learn a lesson, a good one or a bad one, rinse and repeat. Right. And, and you, and you take it in stages as opposed to, well, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to find a big donor because the reality is no matter how great your project is or how, how much good it will do, um, you know, everybody's out there looking for money. And, and so that in of itself could be a full-time job. So it's really about taking it in, in small bites. Now, going back to, you know, filmmaker tools and, and digital tools, thankfully, you know, a lot of this has become democratized where you could take those small bites. So you can do a lot of things today that you couldn't do, you know, a few years ago, you production is, is uh, costs have, have dropped uh, distribution costs. There's, there's social media tools uh, that are available. So, you know, building out all those assets. Um, and, and then I would say, you know, it's, it's definitely important to make sure that from a strategic perspective, that you've taken the time to map that out and, and are constantly seeking advice um, because there's no way to know everything and everything's always changing. You know, when we, when we first started this, we had no idea. When we first made the film Carpe Kilimanjaro, we had no idea that we would evolve into this story platform that would potentially service, you know, a, an institution like uh, Penn Memory Center. We had hopes and, and notions that we would be able to do something good and, and people would come on board. Um, but it was all, only through taking this, this meandering road um, and sort of being open to, to different conversations and opportunities that we discovered where, where the real opportunities lie. So, you know, that, that, that's an important thing to keep in the back of your head as you, as you decide to move down the road of, of doing a passion project, um, you know, you're, you're not going to, unless you have deep pockets or you have a really generous donor, you're not going to be able to go hundred percent into it right away. You have to, you know, fuel it bit by bit. Um, and then just be open, uh, to, uh, to the possibilities. Yeah. And I think critically what you said there is, is the idea of taking things a bite at a time in a way, because right. I mean, you, you mentioned there there's potentially 15 million stories that you could tell across across the U S alone. I think that was the statistic that you, you said there. 50 million worldwide. Oh, yeah. 50 million worldwide. Right. Yeah. Okay. Five, five, zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, take it worldwide. That's a big project. <laughs> um, go cap in hand to someone asking for, for money to undertake that project. Uh, good luck to you. But, uh, I, from what I understand, you know, one of the particular avenues that you're taking the My Alzheimer's Story project is the My Alzheimer's uh, road trip. So can you tell me about that? Because that is a finish, a start and finish project, right? And is that kind of the way that you've chunked it down into something that has defined parameters? Is, is that the purpose behind the road trip? So that's, uh, thank you for bringing that up. The, the, the My Alls road trip uh, was an initiative that we came up with um, and partnered with the Penn Memory Center so that we could do two things. We could build up the library because right now we've, we've got a little over 500 videos, um, but we want to grow that to thousands of videos in 2019. So the, the, the first objective was to grow the library. The second objective was to 
really shine a light on two people, shine a light on uh, all the amazing caregivers and advocates from all over the United States in the Alzheimer's community, as well as shine a light on our project, because we've been, as I said, self-funded up until this point. So, you know, we're, this is sort of our clarion call saying, Hey, look, we're doing something. We're, we're helping a lot of people. We want to keep it going, but we need to get other people involved in the mix. So we are going to leave Los Angeles on Friday, June 7th, 2019. And we're going to drive across the United States and end up in Philadelphia at the Penn Memory Center on Friday, June 21st, which is the internationally recognized longest day um, in honor of, uh, of Alzheimer's families. We're going to stop in uh, 10 American cities, and in each city, we'll interview 10 to 20 people. We're going to do a Facebook Live uh, broadcast, so we'll be able to uh, shine a light on local advocates or uh, loop in uh, different celebrities and researchers on our on our uh, Facebook live sessions. And then we're going to do screenings of our film. And then one of the caveats that we that we kind of put in place was that the the screenings for the films in each of the ten cities where we're going to stop, they are to be used as fundraisers for a local organization. So, for example, we're going to be stopping in Nashville. Uh, is one of the cities we're going to be stopping in uh, a town called Searcy, Arkansas. And we said, look, put on a screening while we're in town. We'll show up, you know, let's promote it on social media. But any money that you raise from that screening will go entirely to you, 100%. Mm-hmm. And we'll do this in every single town. And so that's the, the, the format. And so when we land in Philadelphia on June 21st, We'll have traversed the country. We'll have visited 10 different cities. We'll have done lots of screening. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of chatter on, on social as well as local um, you know, news morning shows and things of that nature. Um, so in addition to this giant library of content that we can deliver to the scientists, we'll have shine a light on a lot of different people. Um, and I think most importantly, and this is another layer of, of trying to make something interesting, you know, as I said, the, the, the idea of, of healthcare in America is, is a really big issue. So we're going to be showing the faces of real people, you know, in between what, what, you know, what people here call flyover country, right? It's the States in between the two coasts between California, and New York. And so mm-hmm. that's really important. So we get to tick off all those boxes and, and, and that's again, going back to that idea of, you know, the, the, the asymmetrical strategy, how do you, how do you do as many different things as possible and help as many people and get people involved. And so we're bootstrapping most of this. Um, the one piece that we are reaching out, we're reaching out to sponsors uh, to help uh, uh, supplement some of the some of the trip so that we can get from uh, California to uh, Philadelphia. But most of it will be bankrolled by by ourselves. Um, but we're not taking any money for it. As I said, all screenings are going to support uh, local chapters. And, you know, again, this is this is another experiment that we're undertaking. We don't know exactly what the result will be, but we're really excited um, and really motivated by some of the conversations we've been we've been having with people. So I'm really excited for it. So as you're producing the the videos through the of the people that you meet, you know, telling the stories of the people that you meet along that along that journey, you mentioned, you know, wanting to build your library of stories to thousands. Um, 
just briefly, I want to touch on the production um, element there. So, uh, what's what's the crew? Is it is it you and a camera traveling across the the country, or or what's what's the production logistics there? Well, for this one, we're going to have two people. It'll probably be a, a team of three to four people total. We'll have one social media person who may or may not be on the road with us. Um, but it's pretty much a skeleton crew. Um, yeah. so we'll, we're, we're going to use uh, a platform, uh, it's called Ecamm, Ecamm live. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're kind of an Apple, Apple crew. We use iOS. And, and so this, uh, this is a platform that makes it easy to do these live broadcasts. You can have multiple cameras and we can, you know, brand things with, with sponsor branding and things of that nature. Uh, so it's really going to be a skeleton crew in terms of, uh, you know, three to four people max, uh, on, in this, in this van, uh, going from state to state. And, you know, we've got a really small footprint. I mean, my business partner and I, when we, when we started, uh, when we started video jug way back in, uh, end of 2007, you know, one of the first tasks was to sit in a room with a whiteboard and you sort of map out life from January one to December 31 and everything that happens. And so, you know, you take that structure and then you apply it to the lens of, okay, uh, how do we maximize production for minimal amount of dollars and then also maximize the, uh, production quality. So we've been doing this for a few years. We know how to deliver high quality, uh, for, you know, pennies really. And I think that comes into, into play. And I would say the key to all of this for, you know, anybody who's listening would be never underestimate the value of really good pre-production and mm. planning and planning and planning because things go wrong all the time and you have to plan for that. And it's just making sure that you've double, triple checked all of your lists. And like, we'll, we'll put together our list of people who we want to interview in each of these towns. And we'll do pre-interviews with every single one of them. We'll get, you know, the lay of the land and the details and even then, you know, you're never fully prepared for everything, but at least, you know, that, that sort of sets the stage for how you, you know, run through and make sure that you take advantage of, you know, all the hours in the day that you have in, in each of this town, each of these towns, because as you pointed out, it's a lot of content and it's a lot of people and, and, and sort of managing that. So since we've done it, a few times already, um, you know, taking it on the road is, is, cer is certainly adding a layer of complexity. Um, but we feel really confident given our background, uh, that we can pull it off. Yeah. Well, it's certainly no, no small undertaking. So I'm sure, um, for listeners who are interested in, in following the journey, both of the road trip and my outside my Alzheimer's story in general, um, we'll stick around to the end because we'll shout out or we'll ask Zach to shout out how, how people can follow along. But before we get there, I'd just love to, to wrap up by picking your brain a little bit for other people who are out there listening, who, um, understand the value of video and understand the value and power in story in in raising awareness for an issue or a cause that they're passionate about. I want to see if we can take some learnings from you because I'm sure you've learned a lot over the last couple of years of doing this and I'm sure you've got a lot more to learn as well over the next number of years as this project takes, takes shape. Um, but what would you say if you were to, to say a couple of key tips for people who are thinking about 
using their skills and passion for storytelling and video to raise awareness around an issue? What should they look out for? What should they do? What should they not do? Can you leave us with anything? Sure. I would say the first thing is make sure that whatever cause you undertake, uh, know that it's could potentially be a very long and difficult road. So double and triple check, do that important gut check, um, to make sure that you, that you have the wherewithal to, to go forward. And, and, you know, it comes down to capital and, and capital really takes on two forms. There can be the monetary capital, which is very important. There's also the human capital and human capital extends beyond yourself, right? It's not just what you're doing. It's also, you know, if there are family in your, in your life or friends or coworkers, you know, partners, whatever, you have to take into account, you know, what, what that road will look like for you as well as for them, because their, their involvement and their support is really, really critical. We would not be where we are today. Had it not been, you know, for the people in our lives who've, who've kind of cheered us on through some of the difficult points. So I would say number one, you know, just, just make sure that this is really something important and that you, it is something that you obsess about. It's like you, you should write it on the inside of your forehead. I have to do this or I'll die. And if yeah. you aren't able to say that emphatically, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. And, and again, yeah. we're talking about these, these passion projects. And then the second point I would say is, you know, make sure that you're uh, planning and that you really educate your ourselves on the, the, the fundamentals of, of storytelling and, and structure so that you can maximize every single effort that you, that you put out there. So if you're doing, you have one hour with somebody, how are, what are all the different ways that you could take that hour of video? You know, could you make it into a podcast? Could you slice it up and, and make a 30 day editorial calendar on social? Could you do really cool Q and A videos? You know, those are all the things that you want to think about well in advance. Yeah, I think that's so important and such important advice for people because it needs to come from a place of passion, right? Um, and the, Absolutely. The, the reward, um, the, the result, you may not even get there, right? Depending on exactly what the, the result is or the, the end of that mission. So for you, Zach, as you, as you kind of continue on this journey of, of the Mal My Alzheimer's Project, where is the end for you or is there an end or, or are you unsure at this stage where this is going? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I think my, my, my wife would love to know the answer to that one. <laughs> um, you know, this is, uh, this has been a really important journey that, you know, every time we sit down with somebody and they, you know, the, the, the camera shuts down after the interview and they'll turn to us and they'll say, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to share my story. And, you know, going into it, we, 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 knew, we knew the value of, you know, having the videos for the community, but also hearing the other side of it where someone actually, uh, you know, they were thanking us for the opportunity just to share their story. That's really powerful. And that, will give you an unending amount of energy knowing that you're able to help all those people. Um, so in terms of where I think this would go, I really hope that at the end of June, that we are in a, in a different place where enough people have seen this and we have a, a couple of partners that step forward and say, you know what, I believe in what you guys are doing. 
Um, I know you guys have much bigger plans and we'd love to, to get involved. That's where I'd love to see this go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're behind you and fingers crossed. Um, Thank we'll you. certainly Thank you. be following along as, as you go through that road trip in June through social media and hashtags, but for people who are interested in joining me, following you along on that journey, where can we learn more and, and keep in touch and help where we can? Cause I know some listeners are in the States as well and, and potentially can help you out on your journey. So, uh, where's the best place to follow your journey? Yeah. Thank you, uh, for, for that opportunity, Ben, um, for everyone out there, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook at my Alzheimer's that's M Y Alzheimer's. Um, you can find us on all those uh, channels as well as our website, my Alzheimer's all one word.net. Excellent. So those links as always guys will be in the show notes page over at engage video marketing.com slash episode 82. Zach, it's been, it's been really interesting. And I know this is only the beginning of, of the story. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get you back after June and, and find out where that story's gone since then. But it's been a, a very interesting conversation for me. So I know it's been interesting for our listeners too. So thanks for your time, mate. Awesome. Thank you much for the opportunity, Ben. Thanks again to Zach for joining me on the show and sharing his story and insights into the world of raising awareness through video. I'd love to hear from you though. So what did you take away from today's episode? Let me know on Twitter or Instagram at engage underscore Ben. And if you enjoyed today's show or any other episode of the podcast for that matter, I'd seriously appreciate a rating and review over on iTunes. It only takes a few minutes, but it makes a big impact on me and on the feedback that I get for this show. So head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and follow the prompts there. I thank you in advance for doing that. So that's it for this week, but stay tuned because next week we're getting deep into the tactical world of video SEO and growing a YouTube channel with Tom Martin from channelfuel.co. Now this is gonna be a seriously value-packed episode for you, so you won't wanna miss it. So hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for next week when I'll be back in your eardrums as usual. And until then, see you later. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there.